we taking a shot up in the tailgate yep. lot yep. with a stadium view. Woo! What a great spot. Damn it, I've been waiting all week. Counting down the days till I'm back in my seat. Till I'm back in my seat. Back on the boulevard, Thursday, March 16th. As always, here to prove to you, there is no such thing as football season. And let me just get this out there in the open tonight. I'm miserable over Aaron Rodgers. I think many of my fellow Packer fans had prepared themselves for this moment, whether it was after the season or when the news came out that he was going to be joining the Jets uh, a couple days ago from Trey Wingo. I did not. I was in complete denial until yesterday uh, when he comes out on the Pat McAfee show and he says, yeah, I was about 90% retiring before I went into the darkness retreat and the Packers screwed it all up. I was asked to give my reaction and there it is. And now bringing in the absolute last person that I'd like to discuss this with, our producer, director, and owner of the humble abode we call Studio Z. Chris Zook, this is an XFL show. We have an XFL game tonight. So I really don't, you know, hold your two cents about what I just talked about. I get it. Your team made the Super Bowl. But let's hope the D.C. Defenders win a title for me because we know the Packers are about to take a five-year vacation from the postseason. Well, let's be straight. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl this year anyways. And, you know, here we go. While nobody in the world of sports even cares about this show right now because we're in the middle of a 16-game basketball marathon, we sit here and we don't even talk about the sport that we cover. We're going to. Let's just just alienate our entire audience. I just want to rub it in a little bit. Like, the Jets actually have a chance. You don't. Penn State Moneyline. You heard it here first. Back to the XFL (laughs) on tonight's show. Do we have a playoff preview in St. Louis? The second edition of the greatest rivalry in the XFL, the Defenders and the Battlehawks. Played once, and I think it could end up being a best of three in the XFL North Championship game in April. Full preview of Jordan Tamu's return to St. Louis, headliner. A.J. Smith versus June Jones, round one. Here we go. All of us who loved the XFL in 2020, this is what we want to see. The Padawan against the Master. Tonight, coming up here at 1030, will A.J. Smith call a GTFO directed at June Jones? We shall see. Week five, best bets on tap for you. A little hint, we do have action on this game tonight. Uh, Handing out some more winners for you. 9 of 12, Zook. Not bad. 75% as a show on the year. And while the odds makers have shifted their focus to March Madness, us degenerates are going to sneak in the back door, get the XFL winners, and leave with the briefcase because everybody in the world is betting on March Madness and nobody's betting on XFL. So that's where we make our money uh, out of the spotlight. And we have a surprise announcement for you about Monday's show. As we reach mid-season here of the XFL and what will be our 10th episode on Monday. A little cool thing that we're going to be doing for you guys. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. As always, drop us a like, subscribe to the channel. And our PS5 Pick'em heating up. That deadline is tonight with the game coming up. Let's jump right into our XFL standings update. If you're listening along on podcast, again, the DC Defenders leading the XFL North at 4-0. 
St. Louis at three and one. First place outright in the North will be decided this week. Well, I guess technically not. Because if St. Louis was to win, it's still a tie because that's a split in the series. So interesting to see how the tiebreaker would be there. Uh, Seattle at two and two, Vegas at 0 and four in the South, Houston 4 and 0, Arlington 2 and 2, San Antonio at 1 and 3. They will play twice in a row here in week five and six. And the Orlando Guardians at 0 and 4, Vegas and Orlando both looking for their first win as they play against each other this weekend. So we have the top four teams in the XFL playing each other and the bottom four teams. Interesting week. And of course, the schedule makers waited until March Madness Hook to give us the best week of games of the entire season. I hate that it has to work out that way because we already know XFL is not in the spotlight and they're not going to get the ratings, but we have great games if you are an XFL diehard like us. We keep an eye on that tournament, but there's some great games out there this weekend, and they start tonight. You can start your weekend early. Um, kicking off here, this, this doesn't give us too much time to tell you what our best bets are. We're going to get to them. Remember, this is about an hour show. You'll have time to get them in, so let's find you the edge on Houston and Seattle. It's easy. The over. So go bet it right now. If you don't want to listen to anything I have to say after this, go bet the over. Weather looking good, about 46 and clear. And when those lights flip on at Lumen Field tonight, you're going to see wrinkles you've never seen before coming out of A.J. Smith's pocket. So buckle up. Roughnecks offense, what do we know? They rank second in passing, third in rushing, both behind Seattle. None of that matters because they lead the league in scoring. Everything else is an overrated stat. Got to score touchdowns. The Roughnecks don't turn it over as much. They also have six more touchdowns than Seattle. Seattle minus eight in turnover margin. Jim Hazlitt, not happy about it, says we got to force more. We got to turn it over less. A lot of that's on Ben DiNucci. The built-in advantage for Seattle, June Jones knows this scheme. Remember, A.J. Smith, the OC for Houston, was brought up under Jones. He was a grad assistant for him at SMU. He was raised on this run and shoot. And Smith has transitioned into the air raid, which is taught by Hal Mummy and Mike Leach. Very similar scheme. They both want to pass to set up the run game. So what are the things that A.J. Smith is going to change tonight to confuse that Seattle defense? You want to make the offense unreadable. And Brandon Silver's the quarterback, very confident guy, would probably tell you, we don't care if they know what we're going to do because they can't stop us. And that's how it's been much of the year when teams are facing the Houston Roughnecks. But this is not the Orlando defense. It's a much better defense with Jim Hazlitt and Ron Zook. Have June Jones handing them the playbook, essentially. June Jones knows exactly what Smith's going to run. And telling him, this is what we have to work with. How do we get our defense ready for it? So last week, we asked Stansley Maponga from Orlando that same question. We said, did you guys figure that Houston was going to throw it the entire game? In fact, in the first half, they only had one rush attempt. And he told us. We knew exactly what they were going to do. We couldn't stop it. It was bad execution. So could the Seattle game be the same way? We'll see. And Seattle's defense is going to have to force some turnovers. Um, Brandon Silver's also not known for his mobility. Got to pressure him with those guys. Tuzar Skipper, Sharif Miller, Clarence Hicks has been coming on in that linebacking core as of late. You're also likely getting Jordan Evans back for this one. He hasn't played in a few weeks. 
Make Silvers force the ball. And between Max Borgie, Dejon Lee, Bryson Aline, that's a good stable of backs for those Houston Roughnecks. Don't let that air raid fool you. They can run the ball. And I just, I trust A.J. Smith's system to score 30 on this offense. And that's, again, we're betting the over. We hope both teams can get in the 30s. Flipping sides, the Sea Dragons are due to repeat exactly what they did in Vegas, which is, I think, almost 400 passing yards for Ben DiNucci. Uh, 30 points. It's coming again. It's going to be a, a total repeat of that. San Antonio threw a little challenge their way. Luke Barco was huge in that game. The credit to Jim Herman. Slowed the Seattle offense down, kind of the same way D.C. did back in week one. Uh, I think that was a huge learning experience for Seattle because they got to face the Phillips 3-4 now. Juice Ellison, yet again questionable. feel like he's been on the injury report every week, but he's played through the pain. So we expect Juice Ellison to go. These wide receivers are too good. Jacor Pearson, Josh Gordon. Watch for Blake Jackson, by the way, to break out tonight. He, the former Houston Roughneck, remember, back in 2020, played with A.J. Smith and June Jones. So... More of a homecoming than just Brandon Silver's coming back to Seattle where things did not work out for him in 2020. Here's what I think, Zuck. 400 yards through the air for Danucci tonight. You're going to see fireworks up and down the field. I mean, this is the time of year when basketball's in the spotlight. This is going to be like a basketball game. You're going to see fast break type of offense. I can't believe I'm saying this because I literally said a week ago that Houston and D.C. were going to be 5-0 and heading into that Monday night football matchup. Here's why I'm going Seattle. They're built for the Thursday game. They went through this already, Zook, with the bad scheduling where they only had two days of rest. Houston is not prepared for that. It's a scheduling quirk where you got to go from, for Houston, this is, remember, from Orlando back to Arlington, then all the way to Seattle on two days rest. Getting one of those under your belt, which Seattle had to do in week two, is massive. And for that reason... Sea Dragons 34, Roughnecks 30. What a game this is going to be, Chris Sook. I cannot believe those words just left my mouth. I'm going with the underdog, Seattle. And the over, of course. <laughs> Take the easy pick, the over. I can't believe you said it either. I'm also going with Seattle. I got to ride with my boys. Of course. Hey, you, you said best one and two team back in week three. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, I think this is definitely coming down to turnovers. Yeah. Uh, also, Juice is huge. He's got to play. Um, he's a warrior, man, dude. He's a tank. It's just what a treat we get with these running backs and these receivers going against each other. And, and just the, the back and forth between Smith and Jones, what do you do when you know what's coming? You, you have like AJ Smith has not had much time this week to figure this out. what I tell you last week? Uh, Ellison reminds me of Pacheco. Yeah. He runs KC. downhill hard, right? And he's looking to bruise you. He might, la- might not last in the long run because yeah. of it. But well, he I played don't... some rugby. Hopefully that has helped him out. But he did break both his legs in high school. He's been through some adversity. I did not know that. Dealing with rugby. Yeah, he, he played, uh, you could just tell by the way he runs. Um, dealing with a, a banged-up lower body injury. I think it's a knee. Questionable on the injury report. Yeah, I don't, I don't love this on my side. Yeah. Uh, I'm nervous about it, but that's because I'm a huge fan. But I got to roll with him. I think this is a candidate for game of the year. This is, this is going to be incredible. I don't know what the deal is with the total. 41 and a half. What, what am I missing here? No precipitation in the sky, which is surprising in Seattle. What, what am I missing here? Am I underrating the Houston defense? I don't think so. 
41 and a half, not even the highest total we had this week for the top two offenses in the league by far. So Mikey Manziel will neglect everything I just said. He'll go with the Houston Roughnecks. <laughs> hey, I mean, not the dumbest pick Mikey has made. They are 4-0 against the spread. We've been backing them all year. I know this is probably tough for you, but you got to ride with your team here. This will shake things up, though, if Seattle's able to pull this off because then you don't have the 5-0 and matchup with D.C. and Houston, as you will. Well, Seattle needs it. I mean, they, this is to me, this is a must-win game. For the situation they're in? Yeah. It's for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, you don't have to win out, but you don't have much room for error after those first two weeks. And, and they're starting to get their footing. Cannot wait for this game tonight. I know a lot of you watching March Madness, throw it on the fifth screen. I, we have like 18 TVs here at Studio Z, so hopefully some of you can take after us. D.C. and St. Louis, Saturday night, 7 o'clock FX, in the Battle Dome, round two of this heavyweight fight. This is the best rivalry in the XFL. And we get it for a second time in, what, four weeks? Um, a lot of you asked, would I be bringing the Boulevard Bull Tour to the Dome? Uh, well, we pondered it. <laughs> we did. We really thought about it. Do you guys truly think that's a good idea for me to go out there dressed in red? Google told me that there was a 1 in 14 chance for me to be a victim of a violent crime in the city of St. Louis. Uh, if I wear this hat, I think that cuts in half. So until we have some security detail in the budget, because again, Mikey Manziel is the most reliable bodyguard we have. And uh, <laughs> that's not so great. So I'm going to stay home and watch this one on the couch. I promise I will get to St. Louis at some point. Will the rock show? Everybody said in my replies, Oh, you said the rock didn't show up for the opener. He was presenting at the Oscars. Who cares? He picked the Oscars over you. The Oscars. Come on. There's no such thing as football season. So cause the law. We know that there. And, uh, I just didn't feel part of that. So we're going to save the Boulevard Bowl tour. What I will say is this. I'm calling somebody out directly right in here to camera one tonight. Mike Ryan, the producer of the Dan Levitard show. Thinks he's the president of the Battle Hawks fan club. Here's my proposition to you, Mike Ryan. If the DC defenders win on Saturday night, you have to come on our show, Spring Ball Boulevard, and talk about how great the first place DC defenders are. I should say when. Now, if things don't go my way, St. Louis Battlehawks improved a 4-1 and one with a win over DC. Reluctantly, I will come on the show face-painted in Battlehawk blue, and I will give you the loudest caca you have heard in your lifetime. If you agree to these terms, Mike Ryan, tweet me back a thumbs-up emoji, or give us a message. Our fans here on Spring Ball Boulevard want to know, Mike Ryan, do you agree to these terms? Again, you come on the show. If DC wins, we'd love to have you here. I will paint my face in Battlehawk blue if St. Louis wins. Let's have some fun. <laughs> so I'm curious how the Battlehawks faithful are going to welcome Jordan Tamu. I know he only starred there for five games three years ago in XFL 2.0. But think about it. Those five games meant a lot more to the city of St. Louis 
than the other seven XFL cities three years ago. And that was because professional football was being reintroduced to the city when they were told that they weren't good enough to have a team. And that's important. A second chance for them to have professional football in the dome. So with Tamu being part of that, those are core memories for St. Louis sports fans. And I think he'll get a warm welcome. But here's the issue. He's now in District Red. We got your guy. You can't beat him, join him. St. Louis, 0-2. All time against D.C. Never beat us. And much like uh, Jordan Tamu's time with the Battlehawks in 2020, he's been crushing it for D.C. in 23. Third in the entire league in rushing. As a quarterback. Over five yards of carry. He's taken only two sacks. That's a big credit to the offensive line and his mobility. For perspective, McCarron has taken 12. Ten less sacks for Tomu. That's huge. And he's piloted this offense, most importantly, to a 4-0 and start. So the reads that this Fred Kice system is going to throw at you, Jordan is silky smooth in this RPO. The D.C. defenders leading the league in rushing by a 244-yard margin over second place, which I believe is Seattle. The Derek King package, just been automatic down there in the red zone. Uh, Zook mentioned to me that Tamu's confidence might take a little hit if they keep doing this with King. I'm on the fence there. I don't think he cares that much. If it comes down to it and DC's in the playoffs and they do something like that, maybe, but I don't think, I think Tamu gets the greater goal here. Um, some injury notes for DC, the, uh, RB2 there, Ryquel Armstead, not practicing this week. He was banged up against Vegas. We'll see his status. But this offensive line, guys, has pushed for 40 first downs on the ground. That's the league's best. Starting tight end, Ethan Wolf still out. But those guys on the line, Jersey Mike Maietti, Ty Clary, all starting to practice again, starting to get healthy at the right time to make this, this title run. St. Louis, dead last in the league in sacks and seventh in TFLs. Not good when you're going against... Mobile quarterbacks. Got to get to the passer. Uh, I won't expect him to have an effective pass rush on Saturday night. I think Donnie Abraham's focus for this St. Louis defense has to be stopping the run. This is what D.C. does best, right? They did a solid job against Arlington last week. I think they held him to under 50 yards rushing. Mike Rose, the linebacker out of Iowa State where Anthony Beck's son, Rocco, actually plays quarterback. Wonder if there was, there was probably a connection there. Mike Rose, very highly graded by PFF as a run stopper and in pass coverage. Um, Two new additions to the D.C. offense you may want to know about. This is after D.C. lost two guys, Puka Williams and Chad Hansen, both signing with with, uh, St. Louis. They get a tailback, Raymond Calais, seventh-round pick in the 2020 NFL draft, kind of a swing guy to replace Williams. He can play receiver as well. And Jazz Ferguson, this is a big one. That rings a bell for a lot of you. Ferguson spent time with the Renegades in XFL 2020. Had, I think, over 100 yards receiving in the short season there. He's also played in the NFL for the Seahawks. And he was with the D.C. Defenders in training camp, where some projected him as one of the top two receivers on the roster. So Jazz at 6'5", the former Northwestern State Demon, is healthy. We'll see if he's active on Saturday night. Be a great addition to that wide receiver corps who's finally coming along here. They said D.C. couldn't throw the ball. It was an issue the first two weeks of the season. They're coming along now with guys like Chris Blair and Lucky Jackson and Hazard. So we'll see if D.C. can throw it a little bit. Flipping to the St. Louis offense against this uh, Greg Williams defender unit. 
How many calls is A.J. McCarron expected to get this time around? Remember, very critical of the officials after this last matchup in his post-game press conference. I think the crowd is going to make sure that A.J. gets some calls this time. Sometimes the crowd can dictate more than you think when it comes to the game flow of the officiating. D.C. getting Gabe Wright back off a of suspension. That'll be big in the front seven. Again, still missing Francis Bernard from the brawl that ensued after week three. And then Jared Jones for St. Louis, the left tackle, also suspended for this one. Uh, Brian Hill is the key in this one. I think he's the biggest game changer on the field, probably on both sides of the ball. And they didn't run well with him last time. They got him involved in the pass game. He had four catches for 49 yards against D.C. in week three. Um, I don't know. I think when you have a Greg Williams defense who's going to get to the passer, again, they sacked A.J. four times, and they, they forced four turnovers. So you're going to want to try to establish a run here. As much as McCarron is going to push back on that, he wants to throw it every play, you have to establish a run. you got a damn good running back to do it. But again, I think Reggie Barlow and co. is going to outcoach this staff yet again on the way to a close, close D.C. defenders win. You have the two undefeated teams going on the road in Houston and D.C. to the best possible teams that they could face. This is going to get very interesting. Uh, Zook told me earlier he thinks D.C. is going to win by one point and not cover. So I took his advice in my best bets later on in the show. And I laid some juice. But I got to ride with my boys here, Zook. DC, money line has not let me down. Please don't let me down. Because I, I really don't want to paint my face. We saw Mikey Manziel paint his chest in one of the man-to-man episodes. But I would rather not. I like the district red that I get to don here every single week. Zook, you've been following me on DC. I know it's been painful for you. This one, I questioned a little bit. Not this week, baby. So I changed my mind. I was going to say, that surprises me. I changed my I mind. I thought you told me DC was going to win this game. Look at Zuck with the late change. The late change. And the reason why I changed my mind is home field advantage. Okay. That's all there is to it. I think that crowd yeah. is going to hurt DC's offense. I think they're going to have more penalties than normal. Yeah. And I think it's going to hurt them. They, they played so close the first game. Uh, I think it's. I think the crowd gives them the edge. So it would be logical to say that these two teams will split the series. So I'm not going to jump down your throat. Forty thousand potentially in the Battle Dome for a night game, six o'clock local kickoff. It's definitely going to be tough. But I just think DC's built different. They're battle tested. They're built for the road. And Mike Ryan going to be crying the blues. When DC goes 5-0. and So are you, Chris. Because so, your picks were looking good up until this. This might be your only third loss of the season. Shame it has to be on DC. Go ahead. Uh, just, just get it over with with Mikey. We know he, he, he's on the A.J. McCarron bandwagon. And, and again, Mikey Manziel. How, how is this? Mikey Manziel. Cousin of Johnny Manziel. Who was the biggest thorn in A.J. McCarron's side when they were in college together. Is an A.J. McCarron fan all of a sudden? What a fair weather guy, this Mikey Manziel. Speaking of Mike, <laughs> we have uh, a PS5 pick'em. And Mike has been telling you that uh, the PS5 <laughs> is in transit <laughs> on its way back here to Studio C. We hope it's true, but we won't get into that. We promise you that you can win a PlayStation 5 <laughs> 
if you so choose, to click the link in the description, a four for four week will get you one entry. Get them in now because we have a 10.30 kickoff tonight. You got to get your picks in by the deadline. We have like 27 entries or something like that. A lot of you guys, I think last week, uh, almost like 20 to 25% of the entries tailed us and went four for four. So thank you for that. Now this week you can't do that because Zook stopped tailing me and took St. Louis. But if you trust him, maybe go in and get an entry off his picks this week. We are let's, pretty. Let's get this straight. I'm we were not, in sync pretty good, though. I'm not I'm saying not, it was on purpose. I'm not tailing you. Okay. You're Let tailing, me rephrase. You're tailing okay, here me. Here we go. Who, whose pick is on there first? And then you, you sit there pressing buttons. Oh, I got to change to St. Louis mm-hmm. now. I, I don't want to hear it. I, I got too much going on between Aaron Rodgers and Penn State Moneyline tonight. Zook, a four for four entry, gets you PS5, a chance at it in May. Click the link in the description for that. We got more games to talk about here on Spring Ball Boulevard. So drop us a like, subscribe to the channel. This is terrible. This is our Saturday night game, 10 o'clock, pushed on FX. Hopefully they give us more content in the locker room of D.C. St. Louis because I'd rather watch the aftermath of that game than even catch the kickoff of this one. I'd Um, rather watch uh, reruns of Mom again. (laughs) Apparently when I was in Orlando, let's address this. Apparently, when I was in Orlando, I get a text message from Zook sitting here back at Studio Z. Hey, this game kicked off at 7, right? Yeah, there's eight minutes left in the first quarter. I'm sitting right here in the press box watching it. Oh, okay, because I'm watching reruns of Mom. I go on Twitter. Zook wasn't joking. Everybody hit me up saying, Mom is on. Had to do with daylight savings time, I guess. I was running around trying to get an official report. I almost got kicked out. They're like, Spring Ball Boulevard, get out of our face. We're trying to fix this. No official statement from the league, but anyway, XFL Reddit referring to this one as the Tank Bowl. Uh, we've developed an official drinking game here. I don't know if I gave Zook the rules for this one, so he's going to hear him now. Here's the rules for the Orlando Vegas drinking game. Hope you join us. Drink every time Rod Woodson disagrees with a call. Drink. Every time a new quarterback enters the game. Seen that a lot this year. (laughs) Here's a tough one. Drink every time Terrell Buckley looks unhappy or says he's unhappy with someone. Drink every time the ESPN truck has to use the dump button and cut the audio out of the broadcast. Drink every time a point after conversion has failed. And lastly, a little two-pack here for you. This can be your liquor drinks. Drink every time the broadcasters hint at the over being dead or a penalty is called (laughs) and have yourself an absolutely sickening Saturday night. What else do we talk about with this one? Uh, Quentin flowers could be a start. One of two Quintons now active on the Orlando quarterback room as the XFL announces yesterday that Quentin Dormady's name has been cleared of all potential allegations of selling the playbook. I feel bad for that gentleman because we know how social media culture is these days, Zook, and people are just going to simply say about Quentin Dormady the rest of his career, isn't that the guy who sold the playbook? No. The investigation was concluded, innocent until proven guilty. Remember that. Quentin Dormady's name cleared. He's back on the active roster. So who's the odd man out? They got four quarterbacks, Paxson Lynch, DeAndre Francois, and the two Quintons. Can't keep four on the roster. 
Francois held out of practice this week with a concussion. Uh, Terrell Buckley hinting at some potential changes here. Again, Vegas has already let their offensive coordinator go. We saw some shifting in San Antonio. Uh, their OC demoted to wide receivers coach. Haven't heard much out of the Guardians, though, about the changes they're making, so maybe Terrell Buckley had a little bit of a change of heart. We'll have to see. Sometimes you got to wait until game day to find these out. Uh, if Orlando can win the second and third quarters again, I give him a pretty good shot, and this number's a little high. If you're laying the seven and a half with Vegas, uh, first of all, why? There's better spots on this card. Second of all, Orlando is undefeated against teams not in Texas. Might be zero and zero, but they're still unbeaten. Maybe that's the Texas bug that they've been catching recently. Guardians, third in the league in passing attempts, again, mostly due to trailing in the two times they played Houston plus a San Antonio loss. Cody Latimer, see him on screen there. He's been a real silver lining. Uh, I think this is a guy who's NFL ready, clearly a vet. Always open in this offense for Paxson Lynch. And um, you have to go to him early and often. Remember, Vegas gave up seven catches for 70 yards against Sal Canella. I think Canella and Latimer are 1A and 1B when you look at the best tight ends across the whole XFL. So same thing I'd say on both sides. You have to limit penalties and you have to establish the run game. I actually have more faith in Orlando to establish the run than I do Vegas. The Vipers offense in the first game of the Ray Sherman era, 394 total yards, most of them through the air last week, 71 on the ground, but not bad. 6.7 yards a play. They had 20 first downs. They got Jeff Bidette, bet on Bidette, our new slogan here. Uh, 73% completion rate for Luis Perez and Brett Hundley combined. Those are all signs pointing up. And I think that's why this number is above seven. Again, a lot of you questioning this. How could the spread be so large with two teams that are winless? It's because of the numbers. Vegas performed well on offense against a really good defense last week. I I assume they'll stick with Perez. Again, that Jeff Bidette connection. He's the best playmaker on either side for this one, 13 and black. Uh, Sinque Sweeting, another breakout star. Orlando absolutely has to watch out for 14. He could have scored three touchdowns last week, actually four. And he had one called back for a penalty. One, he was just barely out of bounds. He caught two. That stood. So whether that's Hundley or Perez, I would like to see more John Lovett as well. He's been a pleasant surprise. The former Nittany Lion uh, transferred from Baylor to play his final year in college for the blue and white. He's been pretty useful in the passing game in that wheel route offense. Um, if you win, you stop the bleeding here. So this is a crucial spot for both teams. At least you stop it for another week, put the Band-Aid on there. If you lose, you are without a doubt the clown of the XFL. And nobody wants to be the clown. Nobody wants to be that team whose season is over in a month. You don't want to just focus on year two. If you win a game here, it changes everything for the confidence of these teams. And I'm not saying they're playoff contenders. I'm not saying they're even going to compete in the in the playoff race, just win a game. I said Orlando would win one this season. I don't know if this is the best spot to do it. I'd like to catch one later in the year. But wounded animal mode, as Josh Pate would say, for both these teams who are both 1-3 and against the spread. I think for the first time all year, I'm going with the Vegas Vipers. Uh, 23-18 to here is a score I threw out there. So if you're looking at the over 42, that would not get you there. You would fall short. Um... But you know this is going to be sloppy in the first half. Yeah, keep Mike's up there. He's obviously riding with Vegas. Are we all picking the Vegas Vipers? 
We, we are. are. Okay. I think this is the is this the first time this year both of us I don't think you picked Vegas yet this year. Yet. I have not picked Vegas yet. Okay. <clears throat> well, we had no choice. I'm probably not gonna pick him again. Not seven and a half though. We can both agree on that. No, a I, too I steep. If I got two best bets, I would take Orlando to cover. Okay. I, I really do. Zook. What's it's that? just so hard to back this team, even though all the numbers say you should. You just feel like the bottom is going to fall out and all hell's going to break loose and it's going to be chaos and something's going to happen where Vegas covers late because of a miscue. But no, I think the smart play would be Orlando. Uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on the total 42? I think it's uh, a little too I'm, high. I like the under. Yeah. I don't, it's tough. I, and you keep disagreeing with me, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. I know, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think Orlando is trending up. I like what I'm seeing. I'm liking the adjustments. Uh, you keep telling me what adjustments, but I think T-Buck has it in him. Even though he's shaking his head almost the entire game, yeah. he's still making adjustments. And is he going to call plays this week? We haven't confirmed that. He said in the press conference there was a lot of things that he would have to take a real serious look at. And again, a lot of the teams in the XFL are doing this. Statistically, yes, they're trending up. Morale, no. And I can tell you from being in person in Orlando, literally standing around on the field with five minutes to go talking to some of the other media. And we're like, do we even go in the press conference? <laughs> because is it going to be a brawl that breaks out? Like the team just not seeing eye to eye with each other. It, when you have a divided locker room like that, it can be tough. And this Quentin Dormady thing has been a disaster of a distraction for them. What could have possibly happened? How do you just clear a guy now? Why would the allegation even come out? I would love to hear the full story. But he's back. I mean, if I was Dormady, I wouldn't want to play for Orlando. I'd want a fresh start somewhere else. I St. Think, Louis needs a third quarterback. I, I think they're just going to release him anyways. Yeah. That's too my, many quarterbacks. That's my gut feeling. They're not going to get rid of Flowers. So enough about that dumpster fire of a game. Um, we're going to still watch it because we love the XFL. But uh, this could be one of those games maybe ends like 48 to 41 just and everyone's like, what the hell just happened? If you remember 2020, L.A. Wildcats, Tampa Bay Vipers, I think both teams were like one and three. It ended like 49 to 42. And everyone was like, well, how do these teams score 80 points? Well, sometimes the wounded animal mode can come out more than you think. But that's enough about that one. Arlington and San Antonio, the lone Sunday game. They move this one back from 10 o'clock Eastern to 9 o'clock Eastern, which makes it an 8 o'clock kick local time in the Alamo Dome. Um, if you would have told me prior to the XFL season that the San Antonio Brahmas would be favored over the Arlington Renegades, I would have told you do your homework because you're just simply wrong. And this is why paper doesn't matter. Arlington is what they would call a paper tiger. Simple as that. I mean, this is a team I had ranked number two in my preseason power poll, and I had San Antonio at seven. So this is shocking to me that we've ended up here in week five where we're going to this two-week stretch where it's back-to-back -back games for these two squads, and San Antonio is favored. <sighs> the Arlington Renefades. Said it Monday. Listen, 0-4 against the spread. Much like the 2020 version of this team coached by Bob Stoops, they are atrocious to bet on. Don't know what it is. Vegas covered by the hook in week one, ripped the heart out of my chest, Took gave me another loss in the best bets. 
but the sports books have adjusted to how bad they are to bet on and and giving the nod to San Antonio as a one and three team. We tried to tell you in the power poll that San Antonio's at five and Arlington's at six, and Vegas agrees with us. Favored over the two and two Arlington Renegades. Uh, I said Monday we would take the under on this, even if it was like 12 and a half. I have changed my mind a little bit. I still lean the under. I will not make it a best bet for this reason. I think Jimmy Johnson, by the way, Zook, Jimmy Johnson. When I say Jimmy Johnson, who do you think of? Rapid fire. Cowboys coach. Okay. Most would say that. I think NASCAR driver. I could tell you who we don't think. San Antonio Brahmas running back coach, who has now been elevated to call plays for the Brahmas. Anytime a running back coach gets promoted, what does that mean? They're going to run the ball. And they should with Kalen Balaj and Jacques Patrick. Two great tailbacks there in San Antonio. We thought that would be their identity. It was in the St. Louis game when Balaj got like 29 carries. So we're going to shift from the pass to the run. And that's why Zook and I are a little more confident in San Antonio. We like the change here. Got to get the ball out of Jack Cohn's hands. And not by throwing it through the air. Do the same thing he did at Wisconsin. Handoffs. He's handing the ball off there. He should hand the ball off here. He shouldn't throw more than 20, 25 times. He's had too much volume. Um, I don't need to sweat out this total at 35 and a half. I think that the total being seven points lower than the other three games this week scares me away a little bit, but I would, I would still lean that way. I could see like 18 to 16 or so, which would be just short. So that would get you to the under. Uh, statistically, the worst offense is in the league. Arlington actually last in the league in tackles for loss. Talking about their defense, that's so great. They're really not all that great. Against St. Louis, they were torched last week. Donald Payne, a bright spot there, does lead the league in tackles as he did in the USFL when he played there. Uh, Arlington, dead last in both offensive categories, rushing, passing, and a third, which is scoring offense. We saw Kyle Sloter take over the reins in week three for Jonathan Hayes and Chuck Long. Uh, took over for Drew Plitt. Stoop saying in his press conference, they're basically 1A and 1B. And there's a quarterback battle going on. We'll see who wins that one. I, your guess is as good as mine, guys. I don't know. You see the stats. Sloter 66%, Plitt 63. Really not that much different. They both haven't been able to move the ball for Arlington. Um, will Hines Ward make the call for Reed Sinet? to replace Jack Cohn. That's what I want to know in this one, flipping to the San Antonio quarterback situation. Um, something each of the three or three of the four bottom XFL teams have in common is that they've all benched their day one starters at some point for the backup, except San Antonio. They're the only ones that have rode with Cohn. They want to moan for Cohn in San Antonio. I think it's time for Sinet. Flipping sides of the ball, renegade offense, Brahma's defense. I think the Brahma's defense will have an edge here. Um, they do lead the league in tackles for loss. Uh, we touched on all the Arlington offensive woes on Monday's show. It's, it's really getting bad there. They're just simply spinning their tires. They're stuck. Sloter, <laughs> he had them all fired up in the pregame. Senate, you know, they're going to send 40,000 sad St. Louis fans home with a loss. That didn't work out. Three picks for Sloter kind of jinxed himself. They end up with less than 50 yards on the ground. They turn it over four total times. Um, and Adrian Killens has been cut yesterday. That shocked me. 
Adrian Killens was a guy we highlighted coming into the season as a game changer. Open field speed. Saw him do it at UCF. Nope, cut. And again, they cut Keith Ford already. So this running back room completely gouged from the inside out. Actually, they traded for Adrian Killens. He was a Houston roughneck, which I bet he'll end up back there. He was traded in training camp. So they get rid of Ford. They get rid of Killens. They've got Smith and Farrow left. Will they bring in another running back? We'll see. Smith has been the bell cow for them. So what else do we know here? Uh, Luke Barco won't get many targets coming his way. So whichever receiver gets the pleasure of being locked down by him is not going to have a great afternoon. Actually, in the Alamo Dome, I don't think any of the offenses are going to have any kind of progress here. I mean, you might get a little, you might get a little flash out of somebody, whether I think TJ Vasher might come back for San Antonio. He's been limited in practice. He was out last week. Uh, highlighting one specific positional group for San Antonio, the linebackers, and for a reason. They're coached by Joey Porter, the former Pittsburgh Steeler. Been doing a great job as a positional coach. He's got Jordan Williams. He's leading the league in solo tackles. He's got some other great talent in that linebacking core. So keep an eye on that. That might be something to watch for Arlington. I'm interested to see the atmosphere here. Again, 24,000 in the Alamo Dome in week one. The Brahmas back home in those slick black uniforms. Finally get out of those ugly piss yellows. And we got the black uniforms back. 8 p.m. start local. They moved this back again. That's going to help attendance figures. And the San Antonio Brahmas are the pick here for Mizook. We put them in the power pole at five for a reason. I think the Jimmy Johnson offense certainly helps with them being able to run the ball. San Antonio for a crucial game in the XFL South playoff race. Who you got? I got San Antonio. And you might be a little more confident than I am talking to you before the show. I am. I think I'm going to piggyback on what you said earlier. They're going to run the rock. Yeah. I think that's huge. Both these offenses are bad. Um, but San Antonio's is better. Yeah. Statistically, they, I, yeah. I feel like defensively, it's a push. Okay. Eh. San Antonio, I mean, you watched them against Seattle sure. last week. I think probably the best anybody has played against Seattle defensively. Right. I so. still think it's a push. Okay. I like the offense here. So, I, if, if I was able to same game parlay, yeah, which I would take can't do it. the points and the under. You like the under? I was going to ask for your thoughts on the total. I think the under is probably a no-brainer, but again, I found ve- better value on this card, and we don't like to bet every game because – we like the quality over the quantity here on Spring Ball Boulevard. But, I mean, if you're looking for something on a Sunday night to throw at while you're betting some March Madness, give the under a look. Mikey's been pretty big on Jack Cohn this year. He's kind of forgiven some of the mistakes that he's made, and I assume he's going Brahmas. Yeah, so all three of us on the Brahmas, all three of us on the Vipers. I think the, those are the only two we totally agree on. So, interesting there. Uh, the Boulevard Bowl Tour, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus Gonna head on the couch here at Studio Z instead of being on the road, and we we're, we're tired, guys. Well, at least I am. I know Zook is uh, just a little Energizer Bunny over there. He keeps the show running, but I'm tired. Four cities in four weeks. We went from Arlington to Vegas, which that one that one hit me hard. To DC to Orlando, and I'm saving up some of my frequent flyer miles for the second half of the season because we got cities to hit yet, right? We got Houston, we got St. Louis. Where else didn't I go? I didn't go to San Antonio yet. Seattle. Maybe take Zook on the tour, right? Take you to Lumen Field, Zook. 
your old stomping grounds back in the day. I'd love it. So I want to meet all of you wonderful folks, all the XFL fans. And uh, I just want to get some sleep first, so I'm well-rested to greet you people. And without further ado, our Boulevard Best Bets for Week 5. Who are the boys in the Boulevard going with this week? Well, we kind of told you already. Uh, At least I did. Taking the Houston-Seattle over 41.5, which is coming up here at 10.30 Eastern time. Again, I think the oddsmakers have been whiffing on these Houston totals. It was way over last week. You almost covered at halftime. Not even close. I had it like 37 and a half. This is another one. They didn't adjust it enough. This total should be high 40s. Up and down. These two, they're going to want to outscore each other. And, and you have to understand, offense is what the XFL wants to see, right? They want, it, they want to see a high-flying game. We haven't had a game yet where both teams got into the 30s. This will be that. I thought it was going to be Houston-Arlington week two. It won't be. This will be the game. Both teams get in the 30s. I expect Seattle 34 to 30, some range of that. 1,000 yards of total offense. This is going to be awesome to watch. I am all over that 41 and a half. And the DC train rolls on. Money line, no beer snake. What if they did? What if the DC Defender fan base travels and throws a beer snake at Battlehawk Country? Not possible, right? They'll break it up in seconds. The cacao will come flying through and spear that snake. I think there's probably 36,000 other people that have something to say about that. And this is why I'm not going. (laughs) Because I fear for my life. That stadium was riled up. A.J. McCarron said he likened it to Bama. Big shoes to live up to for every other fan base in the XFL. But the, the Audi field atmosphere is unique. I agree. Zook says there's a home field advantage. Of course there's a home field advantage. In fact, I was surprised. I couldn't get DC as a dog. I thought they were opening up plus two, plus three. No, I got to take the money line at minus 130. I'm all juiced up. Chris Zook, who you got? It's on well, screen. you see right there. I got uh, San Tell our Antonio. wonderful podcast listeners. <laughs> San Antonio <laughs> minus three. Okay. Like I said, uh, and of course, Mikey takes the over i just got done saying if i were to parlay i would take the under and the minus three we've been leaning the under the whole time i think it's probably the safe play i know our live mascot agrees foreshadowing that which we'll give to you here soon does mikey get his first best bet win of the season i will say the only other time he played that played we say asterisk the san antonio over he did hit that but he didn't bet the game this week, will he bet the game? I'm going to make sure of it. He's not on Vegas minus seven and a half. He's not on Battlehawks money line, which surprised me. Mikey Manziel with the over. Oh, it's gross. Dude, what are the chances that he can get a best bet and a Vegas victory in the same week? Well, slim to none. Tune in to Man to Man with Mikey Manziel to find out. <laughs> Next Monday. <laughs> Six and two for me, three and one for Zook. The record of Mikey Manziel does not reflect the show. We are nine of 12 as a duo, 75%. Again, buy low, sell high on these plays. And we can't forget Pip Pip. Parlay. There Sorry. it is. I couldn't get to the mute button. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I tried. Yeah, we're taking the under. <laughs> we're fading Mike. Wow, plus 830 for Piper here. We ride with Piper. We, we get her bet slip, and we bet it, right? I'm surprised. Piper usually likes the overs because of the treats. This time, we give her a treat for every interception, every turnover, every dead possession. We'll switch it up this week for Pipe. 
Seattle money line. Love that one. Love that one. Tailing her dad's boys. And Orlando plus seven and a half. Is that just because that logo looks the closest to a dog? I think she overheard me that that might be <laughs> my second edition. best bet if I had one. Yeah, again, absolutely no influence from Piper and us. She comes up with these on her own. But, you know, maybe she wanted to hear what we had to say. So we told you we'd be giving you a surprise on Monday's show. What is that going to be? Well, it'll be mid-season. It'll be episode 10 for us at that point. And we are going to announce the Freshie Awards on Monday. These will be our mid-season awards, much like the NFL does theirs. We are going to have our own here on Spring Ball Boulevard. Almost, I think, 20 categories to hand out. We're going to get all dolled up here in Studio Z. Uh, I don't know if we'll have a red carpet yet. Hopefully the weather holds up so Piper can walk down the red carpet and interview some people. It depends if they're on sale at Ollie's. <laughs> Good stuff cheap. We are not sponsored by Ollie's. Thank you, Zook. Anyway, the Freshies, first edition. This will be fun. I love giving out, you know, awards to players who deserve them. And there's a lot of guys who have been great only through five games or actually four games. We're going to figure out who's going to get awards. We have one week of games to get through here, and that'll be Monday's show. It'll be an hour-long special. Don't miss the Freshie Awards. Eight Eastern, seven Central, five Pacific on Spring Ball Boulevard. Monday evening, that'll do it for us here tonight. Enjoy the Houston-Seattle game. Make sure, I think in about 20, 30 minutes, whenever it tips off, you bet Penn State money line. Take them to the Sweet 16. Those are our Nittany Lions. Get in the PS5, pick them. And while you're watching basketball, don't forget about the little guys in the XFL. Remember, there is no such thing as football season. For Chris Zook, Mikey Manziel, I am Matty Fresh. Take it easy. We'll see you Monday night for the Freshie Awards. Adios.